Hello and welcome back. Can I say welcome? I should say welcome back. Welcome back to, <laughs> to the new season of Lion City Rock. Yay. Season 3! Season 3! Season three. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, before, we be, before we forget, uh, happy National Day, uh, Kevin. Yeah. Yes. Uh, today, you're to to listening to this on National Day. Um, yeah. And why I'm saying this right off the bat is because uh, um, we're dropping this in the morning of National Day. But yep. in the afternoon, if you're listening to this before uh, what four o'clock, four o'clock, you can before four p.m. on National Day, you can head on down to the our Tampines Hub, the town yep. square there. That's the the big uh, football field stadium type place. Yeah. Um, because uh, Kevin and I uh, and with the band, with our band, the Fast Colors, we're doing a gig there, doing what yeah, we, sh- we short do. performance uh. A short performance, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a one of those like a hit and run gorilla gorilla shows. Yeah, <laughs> we strike yeah. and we fade. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, yeah, so we'll be doing a we'll be doing a gig at, at from well the the whole entire show starts from four o'clock until about five ish. Um, we'll be somewhere in between, <laughs> slotted somewhere in between there. And uh, yeah, yeah so, so, so yeah. yeah, tickets are free. You just need to go to the customer service counter at our company mm. shop. Mm. Also can yeah yeah I, I mean yeah. yeah I mean it's important to 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 note this at our Tampines hubs customer service because it won't work if you go to Funan Center for example yeah that's true or or Far East Plaza or wherever those wherever people not any other customer service counter only that one at Tampines hub and then get the tickets from there and if you can't get the tickets if they tell you sold out never mind you just quickly switch over to that our companies have Facebook page and then watch their live stream. <laughs> also can. Uh yeah, head on down to, to Tampanis. Uh if you can come and catch the catch the gig. If not, just catch our segment, then y'all can go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only uh, point. Uh, right? There'll be there'll be other cool people. There'll be other <laughs> there'll be other cool people playing as well. So yes. yeah, yeah. So we'll be there. They'll be there. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, because as usual, we'll be doing something a little different from what everybody else will be doing. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, and I'll be I'll be bringing this guitar. I'll, I'll see you. I'm still waiting for the stickers to arrive. Yeah, he he's pointing at the screen, which y'all yeah. can't see. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Our backdrop is the Lion City Rock uh, logo, which I'm sure you're very familiar with right now. Of course, yeah, famous, world famous logo. Started local, going global, woohoo, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, welcome back to our new season of Land mm. City Rock. Yeah. So, so today, right, because we thought since it's National Day, we thought we'd go back all the way to the very, very first, well, actually, it's not the first National Day. It's not the first National Day because that would be like the year after. So, this will actually we'll go back to, to the year 1965, where, where, you know, where we first got our Singapore got its independence. Mm. From from everybody else, and it was rec- and was recognized at the United Nations as a you know a republic on its own right lah. The first that is, nineteen sixty five. Check out what was going on. Check out the scene. You know the pop scene because you know Land City Rock is the podcast about uh, Singapore's yeah, music yeah. scene, music, pop yeah. music scene. Uh, so yeah, so so we thought we'd go and take a look at what was going on at the time. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this nineteen sixty five thing is also actually a one of um. Back in the back in the days when I was a when I was a music writer, I, I did a I did a piece for SG50. So I went to talk to all these uh, um, veterans of the scene back then, mm. and 
more often than not, a lot of them all pointed to 1965 as well as the year right. that the pop music scene really, really uh, became a thing here in Singapore. Uh, 1965 was the year that every, everything kind of like got together, gelled, and really everybody was like, wow, Singapore has uh, has all these like pop music bands or singers and, and, you know, and it was really a thing and everybody said, wow, okay, you know, and all of a sudden, like, a whole explosion of bands were coming into the mass consciousness, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it became mainstream. So, I think it's important also because, as, as we always say, um, sometimes it's hard, especially for um, the younger generation, right? Let's say those mm-hmm. who are born after yeah, year 2000. Right, so okay, they are okay. like now, now in their you know teenagers and above more or less, mm-hmm. uh, teenagers and below like I should say, um, yeah. and it's probably hard for them, even for those of them who are that age and very interested in music, right, to mm-hmm. even imagine that you know Singapore had some a vibrant music industry, right, right, at, right, at right. any time, at any time, right, because it's mm-hmm. hard to imagine. Uh, that so I think it's important to kind of talk about it and and to so that to remind people that yes yes we've always had right various <laughs> you know ways various, we always have various ways you know where yeah it became very mainstream yeah and that you know and the same and the you know the usual things that would happen and look at is that you have a lot of bands a lot of releases. Mm-hmm. The, bad, the the you know the releases become very popular. They'll be either on the radio or mm. in, on the charts, right? And back mm. in those days, of course, uh, sales uh, album and EP sales were very uh, significant. Yeah, that was a determining right? factor. Yeah, yeah, that's a significant thing. Then, of course, they also did a lot of live uh, concerts, mm. and also because they hit the I mean sixty five onwards, they became big enough to do regional tours, right? Yeah. So they yeah. went around, and so they were big, right? So it's something mm. that's probably a bit difficult to imagine but you know that's what was happening uh, uh back in back in the 60s so mm. and it kind of kind of all kind of came together significantly in 65 so that's why we mm. look at 65 yeah. well, right but as we were saying just now i mean earlier you know we were talking before the show yeah um you know but 65 was kind of the culmination of maybe four to five years yeah. Uh, development and, and building uh, since <laughs> development and building. <laughs> yeah, development and building of the scene. Yeah. That's an NDP. Yeah, I mean it's always like that. Right? It's always like that. I mean every, every, true. every scene happens that way, right? So yeah, that's true. That's true. Around the world, that's you kind of can trace, you know, the origins. Mm. Uh. So for our uh scene, obviously, the 60s scene obviously begins more or less in 61, around there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with, with the Cliff Richard and the Shadows. Yeah, the Cliff Richard and Shadows concept right. where a lot of our the musicians from the 60s have all pointed to that as like the touchstone the touchstone or watershed moment where yeah. you know the scales fell from their eyes so to speak and yeah. wow we can do this I mean look at them they can do it we can do it too we'll just need to get a guitar drums, bass and a singer and then let's form a band that was like the, the moment you know Although, although it seems like it, I mean, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't, it didn't mean that before Cliff Richard, there was nothing. Like, oh, of course, okay. yeah, of course, Singapore, I mean, there was pop music filtering in from overseas, particularly the US. Um, so there were a lot of, there were bands or groups already being formed to do pop music, but pop music before 1961, 
um, or before rock and roll, so to speak, um, became a thing here in Singapore, it was mm. very, very, uh, very evergreen. You yeah. know, they would consider. So you're looking at maybe things, uh, groups from the late fifties, like say the vocal groups, from predominantly um, that mm. kind of vocal harmony groups that that were quite prominent. Kingston Trio, that kind of stuff. All that were also um, yeah. That was what was the initial influence for pop scene, the pop scene here. Um, and, and a lot of bands were doing, I mean, even, even groups like the Christian, they started off as just Before. a three-piece. I mean, they, three were, piece, they were Heavily opening, Brothers. Right? They opened, yeah, right? They opened, the, the three of them, the three of them yeah. opened for, the, for, for Cliff. And they, were, and they were doing, you know, Kingston Trio, Heavily Brothers kind of songs. So it's like the vocal, yeah. very, very pleasant vocal harmony kind of groups. Yeah. yeah, and then Cliff Richard came along and then, yes, you, you can have electric yeah. guitars, you know, plug it in and yeah. turn it up. And then that's when everything really kicked off. Um, yeah, and and again, one of the other things also we we might want to remind people is they were all very 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 young, very young. Okay, um, the crescendos were teenagers. They were still in secondary school when they first got together. Um, when they added Susan Lim, who became like their to me, she's she's always like the first Singapore pop idol. Mm. She's like the pop pop star, the first yes. true blue pop star, yep. Susan Lim and, and the crescendos. Uh, she when she joined, she was also in second. Sec- Set one or set, like 14, you know, 14 or 15, right? Set three, yeah. Set two or set three when she joined yeah, 14 the group. Or 15, I remember them saying. Yeah. And then they went to Talent Time, um, took part in this Talent Time competition. Talent Time, for the young people who don't know, is something like America's Got Talent or uh, Pop Idol. Yeah. American <laughs> yeah. Idol. I mean, yeah. American Idol, yeah. So, so they went on this Talent Time show and they didn't win, but they were offered a recording contract. This would be in 62. So it's a year after, about a year plus after after the Cliff Richard show. So they got rec- offered a recording contract. They were the first Singapore band to get offered an international recording contract because the company was uh, run by Philips, which is uh, mm. at that time, the Dutch yep. label which at the time was very, very big yep. uh, here in, in this region as well. Yeah. Yep. So they got signed on. And of course, they released their first single in 63, which was Mr. Twister. That became a smash hit, number one. Sold 10,000 copies, an unheard of number at the time. Yeah. You know, actually now, now also unheard of. Now also unheard of, yeah. <laughs> I'm even waiting though, for, yeah. You know, population's probably four for five times more. From, 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 from last time, from yeah, those, yeah. Yeah, the population yeah. of Singapore back then and now. Okay, that's true, that's true. Okay, la, I mean, if you, if you want to consider the streaming the streaming platforms that we have now, then we have to adjust for that kind of uh, deflation yeah. or inflation, depending on how you want yeah, to do it. Yeah, it's a yeah. fraction, fraction of the population, la, you know. Yeah, correct. So 10,000 back then is probably a pretty, pretty decent, one per- very good amount. 1%? 1%? Something like that, maybe? I don't know, something like that. Could be. Yeah, could be, could be. About there, la. Yeah, but you know the thing is that we we did talk to uh, the crescendos, right? So mm. a lot of the story, right, is there if you want to kind of yeah yeah in season check two. it out yeah check it out we talk to them in season two so they yeah you can listen to their stories it's, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating journey they went through I mean again like I said and I told them as well like you know the crescendos is just I don't know why nobody has actually actively sought out to tell a narrative of that whole story I mean you know it could be a biopic right don't you think so Kevin I mean we could have you know a dramatized uh, version of you know 65 for example yeah you know yeah, you know but yeah, the music correct, la, correct. the music and yeah, whatever's yeah. happening the culture la, 
not the other yeah, 65. Correct, yeah. uh, not, not, the yeah, yeah, not, not, this, not the other side. Not, not the, the other, other 65. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So obviously there's a lot of stories right to be told there, but you yeah. know, as usual, for some reason, you know, there's you know, don't seem to be any will <laughs> to get it done, nah, right? Because mm. obviously, I mean, like as we you know, like the only time you really see it. Uh, it's like in Eric Koo's, uh in the room, la. in yeah, the room where yeah. they have a 60 yeah, segment. I think that was, yeah, that was the only time we get a, yeah. that kind of thing. A 60 segment like, and they had like this, you know, fictionalized band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The manager was played by Vernon Cornelius. Who <laughs> <laughs> was a big player. Yes, exactly. That so that, that was, that was uh, so it must have been uh, deja vu for him. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe uh, who knows after the crescentos came about of course we, we you know uh, there were many bands all coming out from the, all, all forming you know so yeah everywhere I mean uh, Veronica Young who 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 sang uh, with this group called the Silver Strings she was she was living in where um, Ubin I think it was oh okay. she was actually living in one of offshore islands she would take oh. a boat come to Singapore do her gig and then take the boat and go all the way back to go all the way back. So there are a lot of people who are doing that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, so there are all these all these things are coming out, and of course the the big news came in '64 when when this group called the Quest mm. uh, got signed by EMI, and they they had a number one smash with an original song. Yeah, uh, Shanti. This was like in late '64. Yeah. Um, outsold, outsold, outsold the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. Beatles single was. And out at the time it was the Singapore so the, the Singapore mm. the Singapore single was you know what I should have known better. Oh, is it okay? That's interesting. Which was a very very strange song to pick as a single here, considering that a hard day's night, you know, mm. there's a hard day's night. There are all these other bigger songs, "Can't Buy Me Love," on mm. that album, but okay, the single here was uh, "I Should Have Known Better." Um, yeah, so yeah, they outsold that one. Uh, Shanti became number one. And, but of course, they had been doing the rounds as well. You know, they were, they were quite popular. By the time 64 came about, they were actually, the quests were actually quite popular already. They were on, on a lot of shows, radio programs, they were on Tam Tai Am. They were, they were, they also took part in the Talent Time contest and stuff like that. Mm. Which, which um, kind of explains why they got number one. Yeah. Right? Because they, they, had, not, yeah. they didn't come from nowhere. Yeah. Right? They already yeah. had, a, they had a fan base, their reputation, because people were seeing them. That's mm. why they were signed. That's why they were signed also because EMI saw yeah. there's commercial the potential, potential yeah. them. And it and it, you know it's all logical at the end of the day. It's not something like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. So that's why I say it's development and building because <laughs> there's a there's a process to it. Nothing happens just out of the blue, you know. Yeah, yeah correct. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So then people when people when the thing is released and they're promoting it, and then people say, Oh, it's a quest, a quest. There's people buy yeah. it, they know who the quests were by then. Yep. Yeah, correct, the, kids, correct. the kids knew. The kids knew, so the kids were buying. So as we move into 1965, yeah. you know, this is the kind of framing that we have. You know, people have seen, oh, you know, we can have our own pop stars. Um, we can have our own pop stars who can write their own material, making them even more credible, I suppose, as musicians and as performers and stuff. You know, these guys are good performers. When they do shows and stuff like that, people do go down specifically to watch. Yeah, the quest or to watch the crescendos or, yeah. or the silver strings or whoever it is, or, yeah. or you know, and I mean, and significantly also, I mean, like Shanti and Shanti is, is a, a original piece, I think that's mm. important, yeah, very important to note, uh, which was written okay. by Henry Chua, 
right? Mm. And 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 subsequently in '65, a, a lot of the hits we were originals. Yes, as well. that is true. Right, that so true, that's yeah. important to note because you know Singaporeans were writing their own songs. Singaporean, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, musicians were writing their own songs, so it's yeah. not like something's well, like you know so like shocking that like oh Singaporeans write songs kind of thing. Yeah, it's correct, been around right. for you know fifty over years, fifty five years, and so forth. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. That's and true. and you know yeah, it was true, and they true. were popular. They were popular. They was you know topping the charts and mm. things like that. You know, nothing yeah. unusual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. La. It, but I mean, but I think I think a lot of people tend to forget that. Uh, but yeah, but if you want, we will we talk to Henry Chua in in uh, yes, that's the other season one of season one Lion City Rock. Yep. And he also has a lot of stories, uh, anecdotes to regale. So if you're interested in finding out. About the quest story from the point of view of one of the original founders, you can go check out the episode. It's an episode, I can't remember what the number it was, but in season one <laughs> with Henry Chua. Yeah, you can go check that out. Researching for 1965, yeah, there's very very little proper information. Yeah, so in terms of that, um, I mean, there's right, but I wanted to do this thing just to try to cull as many bits and as possible to form a kind of a, a narrative of what the whole thing is all about and make it easy for people to just check it out, like, Because you don't then, you know, we we do the we do the <laughs> we do the stuff so you don't have to. Uh, yeah, we do yeah, the googling yeah. so you don't have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean that, that that's a thing, lah, because. You know, one of the things that I wanted to point out also because, like, if you, if, and I, you know, I always, I always kind of compare uh, kind of so called music movements, uh, genres, waves, and so forth to, I mean, basically from to art movements, like, I mean, that, that's basically ah, yeah, where, yeah, you know, in, ter- in, terms, in terms of the analysis of genres, the starting point is always art, like, right? I mean, because that's been around for hundreds of years. So, so basically, it, it, it's kind of the, 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 the same, same thing that we, we also mm. look at like, in terms of, right? Yeah. What are the significant, uh, who are the significant bands? Who are the, what are the concerts? What are the styles, the genres, right? That were being played? And who were the key uh, songwriters, right? And the thing is that what is really missing is any any writing about proper analytical writing about this era, right? You don't have that much. That's the problem. So that's why I go on Google, you don't get anything. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, there, there's very, very little in-depth uh, information about this whole era. Even, even if you go and check out the archives, I would say, um, yeah, you can find stuff in archives. That's that's uh that's for sure. But the thing is, um, you have to know exactly what you're looking for in order mm. to find it. And, um, and that's more reporting than anything else, like, right? Yeah, it's actually more reporting. So you don't actually get a sense of what the you know the ground swell is, or you know, the the word on the street, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah. So so I mean, I mean, since we're talking about since we're 
going into 65. Let, let's, let's do a, uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll just look at some of the interesting events and talking points uh, from mm. that year. Yeah. And also some of the interesting key releases that happened in 1965. There were quite a lot of releases, but we don't have time to go through yeah, all yeah. of them. Otherwise, the, the whole yeah. season will be 1965. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that, that's indicative of of really how big it was. La. I mean, it, yeah. it, was a, yeah. it was literally an explosion la, in a sense. Yeah. yeah, because prior to... And, and that's also thanks to people like the Crescendos and the Quest, because without the Quest coming in with an original hit, Mm. nobody will be looking for another band to come in. Oh, can you write songs? Can you do something? Nobody will be doing that. And same with the, and same with the crescendos. It's a like, domino effect. La. Yeah, so, correct, correct. I mean, every every corporation works that way, right? If something works, then you're like, hey, we need our own mm, friends. Repeat so we, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Repeat yeah. it. La. I mean, always it's like the Beatles. When the Beatles, and then people say, okay, then Rolling Stones came along. I mean, that's because yeah. Decker had turned down the Beatles. Yeah, that's so true. The moment they had a chance, the way out. Yeah. So the moment the, the stones were available, they just snapped them out as fast as yeah. they could. Yeah, 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 correct. Right? Because they learned their lesson really. But yeah. that's the way it works. Commercially, that's yeah. how that's true. That's how things that's happen. <laughs> A lot of followers, la. yeah. Which is normal. La. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it kind of demonstrates there is a market. So then you need to yes, know, that is okay. True. How big is correct. the market then? You test it, like, yeah, how big correct, is this correct. market? It looks like there's a market. Yeah, how so far can it go, right? Yeah. And obviously in 65 proof that well, the market is pretty big. Yeah, so let, let's look, let's look at I mean let's look at some of the things. I mean we'll we'll talk about some of the uh interesting releases that mm. that came out in 65. We also talk a little bit about what was going on at, around that same time as well. One of the key things musically anyway, or for mm. the pop culture in Singapore that happened in 1965 was uh, early on in February of 65. Guess who came to town? Yes, those marvelous mock tops from England. No, not the Beatles, but the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was quite interesting. Um, there was a there was a story written in early Feb that said, oh, the Stones are coming. Mm. And it generated a lot of, uh, to me, I think this, this concert, this Stones concert is the other touchstone concert. Okay, Cliff Richard was the one that kicked off everything. The Stones concert actually uh, cemented the idea of um, pop music or mm. rock and roll music being a thing, mm. an actual thing that can actually be be a viable mm. uh, so-called commodity. Yes. Because uh, the the I mean they were here on the they were here what let me see uh, let me just let me just read from the from the <laughs> from the newspaper itself. This is from the Straits Times, 5th February 1965. Rolling Stones for Singapore. One of Britain's top combos, the Rolling Stones with their long unkempt hair and yeah. sloppy clothes will arrive here in a fortnight to give two performances at the Badminton Hall in, on February 16th. At their shows, the Rolling Stones will present to their Singapore fans rhythm and blues, a form of solid beat folk music which has worked in Negro gospel music. I'm reading this all from the newspaper, so if, uh, I don't mean to offend anybody with usage or stuff like it, that. It's just the terms that we were using. It, is, it was 65. Yes, it was 1965. Yeah, and the blues music of the United States. Their brand of music has put among them the world's top earning pop star, pop artist. Yeah, and then they go on to mention that the group will arrive here after doing their Australian New Zealand tour. And on, on the 7th, on the 16th, when they came, they had a press conference. The press here, Singapore press, got to talk to them. And you can, it's what, what's interesting is the way or the kind of questions they were asking the Rolling Stones. Mm. Okay, the Rolling Stones, um, okay, uh, this is from the, this is from, the article on February 17th, Straits Times, the day after their, their, their press conference. The Rolling Stones are known as sloppy dresses. Yeah, when, the asked to comment again, on it, yeah. when asked to comment on it, Brian 
Brian Jones, uh, looking down at his own dark suit and sweater, and then at the others. I don't think we are. You know, we just have got off the aircraft and haven't had time to wash up and change. <laughs> we wear what we please at all times. We don't have any set clothes, even when we perform. It depends on our mood when we get out of bed in the mornings. But this was, you know, this was a deliberate choice, you know, right? Because Andrew, Andrew Luke Oden wanted them to contrast to the Beatles. So the Beatles were all very smart, smartly dressed, right? Yeah, even though the Beatles, when they started, they were in leather and everything. But when Brian Epstein basically took over the management, he kind of cleaned them up. Yeah. So yep. basically, Andrew Luke Oden was like, okay, we're going to be opposite of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. And it worked. It worked a treat. Well, it worked perfectly for them. Yeah, correct. So when you say, yeah, they, when people keep describing it as sloppy, they say, well, yeah, that was a deliberate design choice. This quote from Brian Jones, I like this one. Some people think we are filthy. But we can assure them that our laundry bills are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so they did two shows a day at the at the Badminton Hall. Badminton Hall, uh, which is Hall which is still standing, right? Which is still standing. Yeah, right? the building is still there. And uh, if you go and look at the building, you wonder how they put up a Rolling Stone show there, because I mean, going from what people like the crescendos who were who were also at, at this gig, I think they were one of the opening bands, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, so the, so you know, there's no aircon. Mm. I mean, it's not it's not a concert hall, so the no, it's so not. the sound is not designed for rock concerts no, or pop or pop music. So the sound itself was just a simple setup. The band just put up all their amplifiers and speakers, and then that's it. That was it. There was no like proper so called uh, PA system, you know, so to speak. Except for I mean, there was somebody just controlling the levels, and then that was probably that was that was probably it. Not terribly big, okay. So a thousand people crowded. Yeah, it'd be really yeah, hot, be, stuffy, be stuffy and hot. And humid, stuff like, yeah. you know, Singapore weather back then. Yeah, although it's like, slightly cooler than now. Yeah, but still, still, that time of year still get a bit cooler. February, yeah, probably a bit, a bit, yeah, yeah, high twenties. But still, humidity yeah. and stuffy. Yeah, but I'm sure nobody cared lah. They were just enjoying themselves. But no, no idea what their set was, right? I think, and they did, they did. I mean, they did a lot of rhythm and blues. According to, uh, where is it? Setlist.fm. You can actually, you actually can. Really? Go, I mean, they don't, they don't have the set for Singapore, but they do have the set for oh, what they were Australia. In Australia, lah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So you can rough. I mean, even if they do change a couple of, uh, it's a, it'll uh, be songs, roughly the same. You can, you, yeah, roughly it'll definitely be the okay. same. It's like you know, eight, eight to ten songs. You know that kind of thing. It was a very fast set. Like like in those days, the sets were all. Maximum maybe half an hour. We play fourteen mm. songs and then you're done. So yeah. they had they were all these gigs were not like oh you go see Rolling Stones and then that's it. You just see Rolling but Stones. But they're opening they acts, were, right? Opening yeah, they acts. all had a slew of opening acts. It was very much a variety show mm. with a headlining act. Headlining being the Rolling Stones. So you get all kinds of variety. Uh, with other bands coming in, you know. So definitely the Singapore bands were all part of this uh, concert as well. Yeah. We don't really know who we don't I mean there, there are no reports exactly of who who um did Crescendos play? I, I believe the Crescendos were here. This so I think I think uh, Raymond of the Crescendos mentioned that they were at the Rolling Stones gig. So yeah we don't really have a full on list as to what went which is, down. Which is insane, right? It's like why which not is, right? yeah which is crazy. <laughs> but there was a, and I no mean, photographs. You can't find any photographs of their gig. Uh, have you ever seen not, a photograph? Even like, even like Rolling Stones in the papers. Do they have yeah. like Rolling Stones? Do they have? Oh no, I, no. I, I have seen. I have seen one. Okay, yeah? one photo of 
yeah, make an make an gang um performing. performing. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's a, it's a very it's a very tight shot, so I can't you can't really see the audience and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Or, or the other bands hanging around. Yeah, but okay. I definitely have seen that. Um, but uh, you know what happened at that gig was uh, pandemonium. I'm going to read from uh, the Sunday Times staff writer, 28 February. Rolling Stone start a fuss in the services. <laughs> the services is the British uh, armed forces that were right. here stationed yes. in Singapore. Yes, yes, because yes. a lot of a lot of the fans were actually the daughters of these uh, the British. Uh, whoever like the soldiers or yeah 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 whoever and, and we're here, majority were majority were all expats like. mm. uh, there were very few local fans in comparison to all the expats who were here mm. but the the, yeah, the yeah. fans those who were fans uh, would go down and uh, it was it was apparently quite a quite a big uh, turnout as the staff writer says pandemonium broke out at the badminton hall on Feb 16th when the shaggy hat, yeah, yeah. shaggy hat pop group from Britain were giving yeah. two performances before thousands of sobbing, screaming, struggling teenagers. Mm. The official frown is so plain for all to see that worried mothers have been telephoning the Times House over the past 10 days. They all said that they were afraid that children would get into trouble with their schools for being photographed on that wild night when the girls had to be carried bodily out of the hall. Okay, so that is a kind of frenzy, which is basically the same kind which of... Which is what media, you get everywhere else. Everywhere like, else around yeah, the world, apparently. It seems like same, that. Yeah, so same. people were fainting. They had to be carried out of the place. Um, obviously, a lot of screams because... There were a lot of screaming and stuff like that because in another article... The headline is Stones Lose Battle to Firecrackers. <laughs> this was because it's around Chinese New Year. Yes. Okay. This period is around Chinese New Year and outside people are setting on firecrackers to mark Chinese New Year. Yeah. While the Stones were inside yeah. trying to play trying, trying to, to play their songs out on, to the people. On, I don't know whether Singapore then got state-of-the-art equipment or not. <laughs> no. Or whether I don't think the stores brought uh, brought along their own PA. So they have brought their own, they have brought their own guitars. So at guitar. least the PA will be local. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. So you know, that's another interesting thing. What about the equipment? <laughs> this one's got a number of them. The teenagers have been punished for playing truant on the afternoon of Feb 16 to go and see their pop idols, uh, lazing in the sun at the poolside of the Orchard Road Hotel of an Orchard Road Hotel. Okay, so you know that they stay at Orchard Road. Uh, well, which, which hotels were well, around that time? Goodwood would be around. Uh, Goodwood is not so. in Orchard. Technically, it's in Scotts. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> mm, that'll be kind of, yeah. That'll Orchard be kind of Road, I'm not too Road, sure. Yeah. So back then. I wonder which one. It's very, it's, it's very interesting to, to read all these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, where I, they I, had thousand, a thousand kids <laughs> turned up at Bayaleba Airport to, to welcome them. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. When the Beatles, the Beatles had come the year before in 64, yeah, but nobody trans- knew they were here. Trans- because were, yeah, trans- the plane was just here to fuel up. So, you to, I mean, this would be, I guess, the big, the big show that kicked off the year. Yeah. If it weren't for the fact that I found another article, okay, that, uh, that, that happened a week before this show. And the article states, talks about an all-star show. It's a very, very short article. Three paragraphs. Four international recording groups will perform in one show. Goodwood's Kong Hee Fat Choi uh, at the Badminton Hall tomorrow and Monday. This was on 7th February. So the so that gig was before the Stones gig? 
Yeah, that would be before the Stones gig. Oh. Doing a show on two days as well. And they will do two shows, one at 6.15 and one at 9.15 p.m. Mm. The bands playing are, and this is what they wrote, The Manfred Man, mm. The Kings, The Kings. Crescendos, and the Dutch Swing College Band. And then the next two, the next two paragraphs follow about a short description of the band. So it's like, Manfred Mann is presently fourth on the English hit parade with the hit number Come Tomorrow. Uh, the Kings are second with Tired of Waiting for You. That's how long ago it is, man. Yeah. Tired of, tired of Waiting for you, you, which was like, I think the third single after yeah, yeah. it really got me and uh, yeah, exactly. all day all at night, right? Very, yeah. very early on, yeah. Yeah. The crescendos, okay. Like, like we were saying just now, the one of the top, one of the most recognized bands. The Crescendos need no introduction locally. Full stop. That's the whole <laughs> sentence of the Crescendos. That's all. No that's mention a, of that's having a, a number up. one hit. No mention of, you know, being a top seller. Whatever. That's a cop, cop out. Uh, you know, and then the Dutch Swing College Band is a leading trad jazz band from Holland. Finish. <laughs> That's how that's how this this Tread hang on jazz. hang on this this article about Manfred Mann, right? Manfred Mann, the Kings, who already kind of big number three in the list after Beatles and Rolling Stones. Yep. You know, yep. it's Kings and the Who, right? Yeah, Kings and the Who. And this par- this article is barely, you know, a blurb in the newspaper mm. Mm. talking about these top bands, two yep. of the biggest bands at that time, yeah, from the UK. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's akin to like, it's just, it's just, a, it's just the length of a tweet. You know, no, that, that that shows how how important it was or how it wasn't important. Uh, yeah, perceived like, perceived by yeah. you know by by yeah. the mainstream media because it's from the straight yeah. science. Yeah. And the only reason why I I discovered that the Kings played here, because previously I didn't know, is because I was reading uh, a biography of Ray Davies, and uh-huh. that Davies then that autobiography actually mentions. The Kings being in Goodwood Hotel. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> wow. then I was like, then I was like, well, read that, huh? When did the Kings play here? Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. right so right, that's right, when I realized. Right. Oh, so now you know. On know February, right? February the 9th and 10th, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when they were here. And again, yeah. and again, no photographs, nothing. Yeah. No real, no real documentation. Never mind about recordings. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> No photographs also don't have photographs also don't have. That's, so yeah, I don't that's know. Insane. But that tells you everything, lah. If contemporaneously there was nothing, you don't expect anything to happen after that, right? Ten years after that, twenty years after that, because ah, right, right, right. When it was yeah. happening, nobody was recording it or writing it or me, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's it just blows it's my mind. Such a shame, man. It's just it's, it yeah. Is, yeah. It, it was I was like very very shocked because because if you look through the newspapers of nineteen sixty five. Uh, and if you if you search under music, you do get a lot. Okay, you do get a few hundred articles or whatever it is about music in Singapore. However, again, as you mentioned, this is sixty five, the idea of pop music is not rock and roll. The idea of pop music is yeah. jazz music, uh, even classical pop. Classical pop. Um, at that point in time, there were these bands like orchestras or whatever, all playing classical style versions of evergreen songs and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff is very, very popular. Ooh, that's scary. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bands that are, I mean, a lot of the music stories that you find in newspapers, they are, uh, I think I shared some of them with you. It's like, oh, um, you know, famous music examiner comes to Singapore or, you know, famous classical pianist performs at 
you know, mm. some hotel or whatever. That is the kind of pop music story that that was more more prevalent than than you know a Rolling Stone story or a story about the Kings performing in Singapore. So 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 the the, the I think the a relevant question, right, is in '65, were there any local magazines that wrote about pop music? Uh, okay, for magazines-wise, I'm not too sure about that. We, I don't think um, there were magazines in the way that we know. I mean, like, far, I mean, like her, I world, her world has been around, was her world around back then? I don't know. So. Oh, I don't know, man. But that's like one of the oh. older magazines I can think of. Yeah. And I, and I do remember back in the 60s and 70s, there was a local uh, pop culture magazine called Fanfare. Fanfare, Fanfare, yeah. But I'm not sure when that was. Yeah, I'm not too sure whether it will It may have sprung out in the wake of this. Mm. I would imagine, I would imagine so, la, yeah. Because somebody would think, hey, but somebody would think, you know, yeah, let's do a magazine, right? People buy it, right? There were there were there were independent smaller uh, so-called newspapers. newspapers at the time also. Uh, it's not like what we know them today. Um, but I mean that that was the only thing that was available, so people bought them, right? Yeah, because correct, you got correct. put it into context, right? Basically, what do you have then? You had movies, you yeah. had you had TV, you had radio, radio, magazines, yeah. and newspapers. Uh. That's yeah, it. That's, that's it. it. it that's it. Nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. That was all in terms of entertainment. Uh. And you had, and they're all physical. You had to, yeah. Then you had to kind of buy them, right? Or you watch them, mm-hmm. things yeah. like that. La. Yeah. And all these things, uh, like, don't forget also, like, I mean, talk about TV and all that kind of stuff. There was no such thing as, uh, um, like, replay or whatever. Or recording <laughs> yeah. No, or whatever, no, no. You know? It's all, <laughs> everything was so called live stream yeah. to use today's parlance. Yeah. It's all live stream. No, no. You miss it, that's it, you're done. You that's know? the whole thing about VOD. VOD, video on demand, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't start happening till video tape. Yeah. Before yeah. then, right? You watch a movie, then you hope they turn it on TV, and that's it. You never yeah, see that's it all again. That's, yeah, you, yeah, you, you can't, see it again, you can't right. turn it, not like now, where you can just go Netflix, Amazon, or just play it. Yeah. Or even, or even YouTube, own it, or, yeah. or even have a DVD. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? It's, it's mind-boggling when you think about it because, I mean, we kind of probably quite familiar with that, la, that, 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 mm-hmm. that idea. But yeah, I still remember when videotape first came out, it was so radical. You mean I can watch this movie again yeah. and again and I again can, anytime I, I, I want? Owned, <laughs> I own the, I had the movie on tape and I can watch it anytime on demand. Yeah. I just yeah. put it in and I watch I can watch a hundred million times. Last time, last yeah, time not possible. Yeah, that's true. Not yeah. possible unless you sit in the theater the whole day, like, pay a lot of money. <laughs> the whole day. <laughs> Even then, also still cannot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, Even that, that, is, that is that. So sometimes, you, I mean, that's the other thing that needs to be realized are the context because then, if you are a young kid, right back then, sixty five, what is your entertainment choice? Mm, Movies, TV, right. right? Then live music. That's really if you want to, if you're going out, right? That's yeah, if you're going out, if you're going out, it's just movies. It's movies and live music. That's all. That's all. Nothing else. Then of course by then I really jukebox band. Mm, mm. So yeah, you know jukeboxes also because you know why the reason for jukebox band, right? Why why? Because people fight over the choices. Like I want to listen to let's yeah. say you want to listen yeah. to Queen. That's the reason why they banned it because fights will break out. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, this is what is human nature. Human nature want to 
listen yeah, to stuff. I want my own. Yeah. Yeah. I want my own stuff. So you know, so that, that's the thing, uh. So, so that's why the tea dancers were very popular because mm. what else were the kids supposed to do? Yeah, and tea dancers, you go there, you pay like a buck, which was actually quite a quite a significant amount. But a dollar like, in sixty five is 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 yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite significant. because you think about sixty five, a bowl of noodles probably five cents or something. Ten cents, so, uh, ten cents. Ten cents. So ten. dollar is. Like you think a 10 bowls of soup, you, you calculate now. Yeah, so I mean, I remember primary school, five cents, like you get the, the, the drink. She just the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the colored, just the the colored, colored water. Colored, colored sweet water. Yeah. Colored water which is horrible. But five cents, ah. yeah. five cents is just a glass that you drink. Yeah. I remember buying kacang putih for like five cents or ten cents or something. Yeah, yeah. five cents. Like now it's like what? five cents. Now a dollar also cannot get anything. Two dollars also cannot get anything. So like even for like the... the 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 sing the like the singles or EPs uh LPs how much did they cost back then? Um, I think the e the LPs would be about three dollars. So there were a lot of EPs right back then, right? EPs. Yeah. So they popular. they did a lot of singles and EPs because those would be less than five. That's why the for the first until the quest in sixty six, nobody bothered with albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody just put out singles, and then the EPs would come out, and the EPs would be priced slightly more, maybe a buck plus. Mm. But they basically will just contain the last yeah. two singles compressed yeah. into one. Design. Correct. So, so like in your list, in the list of releases, right? Most of them are EPs, right? Um. Yeah. Most not of them all, are right? EPs. Not all, not right? all, yeah. not all, but most of them. Almost, are EPs. almost all are right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like say, yeah. I mean, if you if you if you talk about the releases that were coming out at that point in time, I mean, uh, of course, the crescendos. Um, they had they had several uh, releases. For the year alone, they had one EP and uh, two, everybody, everybody two loves a lover. Everybody uh, loves a lover um, with Long Tall Sally. <laughs> I can't wrap my, my mind around the fact that the crescendos will be out there. And their version is more akin to the Beatles version of Long Tall so, Sally. Right? You, can, you can check out what the Long Tall Sally sounds like. <laughs> yeah, you just, so, I mean, you know, so what, what was EP back then basically is four tracks. Four right? tracks. Two oh, on each side. Uh, side yeah. A will have two tracks and side B will have two tracks. Yeah. So that's and why they have, of, that's why there are four tracks, as we mentioned. Long Tall Sally, mm-hmm. Silver Tracks, Golden Needles, and He's the Boy. Yeah. So from, from these two, He's the Boy was actually previously, I think if I'm not wrong, it was also previously released as a single as well. Um and so the new ones would be like Long Tall Sally, everybody loves a lover. So maybe yeah, so those two are maybe those two are B-sides, uh, right? The he's the boys is in the the the, the Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, it could it could be. It could, could be, be right? Usually, be. usually they'll have two A sides and two B sides. Like the last the uh, you know, either new songs right, 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 or right. the previous singles just com- compiled together. So like uh like the, the next single that they, the single that they came out with was this thing called Lingang Gang Kong, which is a uh, rock and roll so, version of the old song. Malay song. Uh, folk, folk yeah. Song, and uh, has anybody seen my boyfriend? And then of course the single The Boy Next Door and Besame Mucho. Besame which is, Mucho. If you talk about choices of pop music, this this these two songs, they were so they were very, very like, oh let's just try. Besame Mucho, we don't care. I mean it's been that it's been done before. Even the Beatles recorded Besame Mucho. Yes. So yes. they they came out with their own Singapore rock and roll take on all that. Okay. Uh yeah, so so that was that. I mean, the other the other big band, of course, was the Quest. Like I mm. said, um, yeah. So in late '64, they came out with um, Shanti, went to number one, blah blah. Yep. Okay, so what happened for the Quest in late '64 is they also met this guy called Keith Lock, it's a Jamaican singer who was mm. with the RAF at the time. Yep. Um, and uh, so he they asked him why didn't you front the band and then we can be Keith Lock and the Quest. 
Yes. Uh, so basically, that was what happened. And with Kivla and the Quest, they came out with a whole bunch of releases, okay? It's a... Uh, with Keith Lock, they had this single called Push Push, which is a very, very funny song. Uh, they wanted it to be like... Like a dance, like a dance track. Push la, Push yeah. was supposed to be a dance. Like mm. how that twist again made the twist popular. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Every time you sing the word Push Push, you have to thrust your hips forward. Okay, yeah. It's actually not, <laughs> it's actually not, it's not, not, it's, not in 65. No, it's probably, yeah, probably a bit too early for that. Too early? Yeah, ahead, ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. Too, too far out. Uh, he also did this song called uh, he uh, also wrote a couple of tracks like that. You are mine was written by him. Push push was written by him. Um, Be my girl was written by him. That was another single that they did. And that was um, number one, right? Be my girl. I think it was. I but what was more interesting was that the B side, which is a cover of "Don't Play That Song for Me" by Benny King. Apart from Shanti, that is their most recognizable tune today. Oh. Yeah, don't play that song for me. I mean, that's why I read somewhere. That mm-hmm. single became number one. Mm-hmm. But there's an yeah. article, there's an article in the press where the uh, Quest hit one again, number one, and it's this song. Oh, right. It's right, this right. single. Oh, is this single. Okay, okay. Could yeah. be because uh, of the B be side. Could be because of the B side. Yeah, because uh, even though, I mean, frankly, by today's standards, if you, <laughs> if you listen to those, those recordings, by the way, are super raw. Okay, It's like live. So you just plug in and play. Hello. And you yeah. can tell that you can tell that they don't have any of the it's, uh, it's, two, it's two track only, right? Yeah, two track, two track live recording, yeah. And uh yeah, and then Henry Chua, of course, um had a couple more hits with a song called the single called Key Break and another single called Memories. Now he Henry Chua, I mean he wrote Shanti, and he was slowly becoming like one of the instrumentalist songwriter type person. Yeah. Okay. And everybody thought, wow, okay, la, if Henry Troy writes a song, it'll be a smash. Uh, yeah, la, true. La, they two are also very big hits. But mm. then the Quest become the first band in 65 to release an instrumental EP. Mm. So the Crescendos may have released an EP before, uh, before they did, but theirs was the vocal tracks, right? So right. it's all vocal. This is the first time it's just all instrumental and it's also the first time that all the songs are written by Reggie Vergis, the mm. lead guitarist of the Quest. Um, he had written a couple of songs for the singles as well, like um, you know, Gallopin for so was B side of Shanti. Um, but yeah, but this one is just all of his. And if you if if you listen to this EP, it's it's crazy. You 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 know why you know why Reggie is considered a guitar hero mm. because um, there's a song called Man from Madrid where he plays like Spanish guitar style. There's a song called Champagne where he does the very cool um, echo guitar ballad like the shadows kind of thing which was I mean the shadows I must say the shadows were like the pinnacle of like guitar bands in Singapore at the time uh, in terms of instrumentalists and everybody wanted to be like Hank Marvin and, and everybody credits Reggie Vergas as a uh, recognizable guitar hero like Hank Marvin um, hmm. you know in Singapore in Singapore la, yeah yeah in yeah, Singapore yeah yeah. yeah 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 so they, they so the quest of course were high were had a very big streak. They they will eventually get their own uh, thirty minute radio slot. Uh, every week a weekly slot. So from five to five thirty, you tune into the radio, you hear the quest. So they, it's like a pop go the Beatles kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, slot, I mean, the quest you know? are still quite renowned worldwide, like, For for that mm-hmm. generation, even for people overseas, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. they they a lot of them have heard of the quest. Yeah, yeah. But I think I want to. 
highlight another one, another group that came up during that time. And they, they would be the third band and be like, Formed the triumvirate that a lot of people call the big three of right. Singapore sixties bands. Yeah, um, Naomi and the Boys. Um, it's if it, I mean the 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 core of the band is uh Naomi Surya and her brother Robert. So Naomi Surya is the lead singer of the band. Mm. Um, Robert played guitar, but he also he was so he was another one of those who wrote his own songs. Yeah, and um, their debut EP it's called it's all over it was written by Robert. And that also topped the charts. So that kind of cemented, that kind of wrote on the, the quest, writing their own songs. And, you know, if, if, if yeah. Henry can write, I can write a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mine has words in it. So, yeah, yeah. so, so he, wrote, he wrote that song. And then that became a, that became a hit. Yeah. Later in that year, they released what would be like their signature, their signature song. Like. Every time you mention Naomi and a voice, people always mention this song called Happy Happy Birthday Baby, which is a, a cover. So they kind of made it their own. And um, yep, that song also topped the charts, not surprisingly. Mm. And uh, it was, uh, at the end of the year, it was actually voted song of the year. Uh, Naomi and the Boys version was voted as a song of the year. The rumor is out that you found somebody new. I understand why these why they, they would be considered as part of the big three because if we listen to all the songs and the recordings that they do later on, they cover a whole range of genres uh, as well. I mean, and, and the way they rearrange some of the, like, the covers they do and then they rearrange it, it's not just a note-for-note note cover, like, which was what a lot of bands uh, would like to do, right? Like Even nowadays, if we go and see yeah, even nowadays, cover, a lot yeah. of times it's, it's a note-for-note. Note. Yep cover there's no change in any arrangement but they 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 rearrange a lot of things same with the quest and same with the crescendos you know crescendos will take a a, a traditional old like folk song and then rearrange it to suit the current like song or rock and roll sense yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that was that and uh, so these guys formed the big tree um, um so both crescendos and you mean the boys were phillips and yeah um, and quest were yemai yeah, correct. Essentially, it was a battle between these two rocker, <laughs> these two record labels, uh, Philips, who would sign up a lot of bands in this whole period, and EMI, who did the same. And EMI, EMI had a had a had a better uh, spread, I would say, in terms of diversity, because they would do so a lot of the Chinese artists recorded under EMI, Rita Chow, right. Sakura Ting, all ah, of them, okay. all of them backed by the Quest. So, so it was, it yep. was. It was a it was a, it was a ploy on the on the record labels part like, because you know everybody knows the quest. So we just put there Rita Chow and the quest everywhere. Like, Ooh, quest, the yeah, quest. Yeah. Let's yeah. buy this. It, it, it makes sense, like, you yeah, gotta milk it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, la, but that is very uh quite that was quite uniquely Singapore scene la, back then. Yeah, yeah. Right. I the vocalists, so. like we mentioned before, the vocalists and the bands were quite distinct entities. Hmm. Right? So yeah, they can even, move around. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. No, no. So that's why I was saying, like, even if you have someone like, like, like the Cyclones, for example, mm. right? They were actually not a band. band. They were actually yeah. just the two of them, right? The two, they were a duo. So yeah. they still need to be a backing. So hey, look at the tracks, like the Cyclones and Checkmates. So, like it's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah, you yeah. only understand that when you realize, oh, because they were being backed by the Checkmates. <laughs> yes, and the Checkmates were an entity by themselves. You know what I mean? It's not like they yeah. were the back, they were the backing band for the Cyclones. They were an no. actual band by themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, but they were um, instrumental band also, right? 
Yes, yeah, primarily, primarily like the crest and and so yeah. forth. They're all so it's always the silver know, strings and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that's the that's the 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 format. <laughs> yeah, correct. But you know, up to this point, up to sixty five, sixty six, or whatever, the shadows basically gave the blueprint for all the bands here in Singapore. So, I mean, yes. and, and you, men- yes. and you mentioned the checkmate, right? The checkmate also released their debut EP. Um, <laughs> it's got forty five RPM. They're pro- I mean, yeah, between them. The Checkmates and this other band called the Silver Strings. These were the two popular backing bands who would become uh, known entities because of the association with the Cyclones. You mentioned Cyclones, right? So they had their debut yeah. also. The Cyclones were two brothers, right? Siva and James Choi. Siva Choi will later make it very big in the 90s as a comedian with his comedy album, Why You So Like That. Yeah. Prior to that, he made a name as a songwriter and as uh, part of the Cyclones. So, so they were always backed by the Checkmates. Yeah. And the Checkmates, uh, the bassist Lawrence Lee, actually wrote two songs for the Cyclones uh, debut EP. And uh, the right. debut EP also topped the charts. So, I mean, right now you have what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six yep. releases all topping the charts. Yep. And this is just, and, and seriously, we're not even looking at yeah, yeah. a lot of other releases that are coming. It's just too many. Yeah, so 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 that, that gives you an idea of how popular uh, these Singapore bands were mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, and they were yeah, they were really seen as you know a thing. Like, I mean, as you said, like, because people needed to go out to have fun and stuff like that. So why not? You know, I mean Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always my same. You know, line of logic when you know people say, oh, why, why do I want to listen to a Singapore band?" But the thing is this, right? I mean, everywhere else in the world, right? The all bands start out as local bands, mm, yeah, right. So it's just so imagine if you were in Oxford and you had you had this band called Radiohead, <laughs> right? And basically you're at Oxford, and then you're thinking, I, "I'm not gonna watch this band because they're from Oxford." Yeah, yeah. It's Radiohead, yeah. no. So yeah, you mean you correct. gave up the chance to watch Radiohead when they started? Yeah. Or you're from Dublin and you didn't couldn't be bothered to watch YouTube because they were a local band. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's a whole point, right? There's a whole point, right? You can say, hey, this band comes from my my, my town, man. This band. Yeah. You get, you're proud of them, you know? Yeah. And no, you had a chance exactly. to watch them when they were a baby band kind of thing. Yeah. But people don't get there. I don't, I don't understand Again, that. I think what a lot of people don't understand is also that like the quest cycle these these are just only the tip of the iceberg in yeah. terms of quantity you yeah. know and we, we haven't actually talked about the, the after effects of all this kind of thing yet but we will get back to it in another episode I guess yeah <laughs> yes, definitely yeah definitely will yeah. yeah but yes we are over long on this one we might have to even turn this into a twofer yeah. Maybe we should just do a twofer like how we always do every single first episode. Every, it's a twofer. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, yeah. End of part one. Yeah, we hope you like this one. Yeah. And, um, you know, as usual, and, do the usual. And, thank, and thanks for attending the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for attending the gig today. We, we assumed that. O'clock. We assumed that, yeah. Yeah, we were just. Why would, why would it want to go, man? It's us. So, yeah, so as usual, you know what to do, you know, like, share, subscribe, mm. sell us, you know, worship us, 
tell us your leave socials. a rating la. now now you can leave ratings on <laughs> a lot of these podcast platforms so just leave a rating because we, we really it will be greatly appreciated it will help our SEO we will appreciate your offerings and offerings and, yeah, don't say sacrifice, la, now, this your month, sacrifices this going on really, <laughs> so much, tell all your friends about us yeah, yeah. let everybody know this one this yeah. thing is going to be you know this this season uh, it's a new for I me. Mean, we're actually yeah, yeah, yeah. a new format. We'll yeah, let see. us know what you think, lah. What yeah, you think of this think. Uh, new direction we're going for this season? Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Okay. No. Okay. I guess that's that. So that's thank it. you very Thanks much. All the stuff to say is bye. Ciao.